Hello, and welcome to the Harder to Kill podcast. I'm your host, <coughs> Coach Shannon. This week, my honored guest is Coach Kyle Jack. Hello. Likes to uh, start the podcast off right with some obnoxious noises. Just to wake you guys up, just in case you were, you know, sleeping or something, taking a nap. Turn those earbuds up. <laughs> I'm going to be slurping this all hour. Awesome. Sweet. So, uh, you're complaining about the heat today. I actually want to stop complaining about the heat. Okay. Because good. I like the heat. Yeah. You're just not used to it for the year yet? I'm not used to it. Yeah. Yeah. But if you would have asked me like three weeks ago when it wasn't super hot, I would have told you that I'm excited for the heat. And I still am. Okay. But... You're excited to when you get used to it. <laughs> it's it's really zapping me. Uh-huh. Today. Today. And then the annoying part of the heat that I forgot about until I was in the moment is that it makes you sweat a lot. Mm-hmm. And I like to sweat. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, though, it can affect your grip mm-hmm. when you have sweat that turns the chalk into chalk slime. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty gross. And then it really affects your workout. So I'm going to And then you get, start getting in your head and mm-hmm. then you start being like, oh, it's too hot in here. So I've started the process to combat that. Mm. We are going to be getting some sort of towel service mm. going on to where you can have like a hand towel to take right. care of things. Yeah. Um, I had to use my shirt today and it w- wasn't ideal. It's not ideal. The shirt, um, yeah. But then I'm, I'm going to get some uh, sweatbands as well for like my arms. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the longer wrist ones. Wristbands? Well, yeah, like the oh. wrist. So they make like the square ones that are just like wrist. Yeah. But then uh-huh. they have like the almost the forearm ones. I've seen – there's a few people that wear them here. I can't tell you who it is. I know I've seen people wearing like the longer ones. Oh, okay. But you could like – you can wipe your forehead with them too. <gasps> That's what I need because then Maybe I can wear tank tops. we should just do WCFM ones. There you go. I'm probably going to go to Walmart and get some cheap ones. Oh, okay. Immediately though because <laughs> it's it's needed. Um, You can adjust your stand up higher since you are – a tall person, tall-ish. Oh, we got new stands and these are nice. Yeah, so we got some new stands so that we don't have to hunch over or like hold the microphones. Mm-hmm. Um, we really are moving up. I know we're working on it. I'm, I'm a, I'm still a work in progress. I'm, don't I'm gonna work it. on. Don't say it. Stop saying that. Yeah, yeah. Yep, okay. There we go. Um, okay. So the heat. I had asked you the other day what if there were like rules. So like rules. if I'm here. <laughs> Am I able to, what types of freedoms do I have to make the decision of whether I should be turning on the air conditioning? And so I think it kind of takes the first few hot days and maybe like certain types of workouts before you're like, okay, this is like going to be settling into the rules because it it really is weird how we know that it's going to get hot every year, but then every year we're like, what? It's so hot. Yeah. Yeah, And I don't, I really don't know because it's like. We do have air conditioning. Yeah. I don't like to use it. Mostly, here's the reason I don't like to use it. I hate when the doors are shut. Why do you want to talk out of the side of the microphone into the side of it then? Here, turn it. There you go. I bet this doesn't sound any different. Have you ever used a microphone before? Yeah, I don't think I don't <laughs> think they're like directional mics. Um, okay, so you derailed me. That's one. I'm going to count them. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Oh, you do have air conditioning. Mm-hmm. You don't like to use it because you're a... Well, you should... If we use it, we should shut the doors. Oh, well, yeah. And I don't like the door shut. Yeah, I know. 
maybe my suggestion would be so those garage we should get glass like whole on glass yeah, garage doors. well they don't have to be full on glass but you could get more glass panels like more window no, panels like the full on glass ones look awesome yeah they do but i bet i mean be a little expensive you'll have to you do some price checking you can't put a price on some solid on sunlight natural lighting <laughs> i agree with that because it improves everyone's mood you really don't have enough probably natural light like you probably could have put some more like skylights in or like windows in mm -hmm. um thanks to have some more hey it's hindsight right mm -hmm. like you don't know you don't know what you don't know yeah um no but yeah natural lighting is amazing. yeah because those those door panels are just um they're just panels that slide out you can switch them out for different panels or whatever I, I don't know how well they do with like uh heat control you probably know like comes winter it really they probably get cold and, yeah so I, mm -hmm. don't, I don't know like if you'd want to replace all of your panels with glass but but i do agree the vibe with having the door open is way better i mean we get used to it in the winter with the doors closed like mm -hmm. we just get kind of used to it well, but we don't we don't like the chances are there's not sunlight anyway and it's just doom and gloom anyway yeah like in the like in january yeah. where the sun never comes out yeah and i'm the most depressed person ever mm -hmm. i didn't really realize that till i got older like how much that that really does affect me how much happier i am when it's sunny <laughs> yeah i've definitely noticed it more and more the last few years um mm -hmm. and then this winter was bad yeah it was it was like really bad it was literally like a full-on month of no sun mm -hmm. it was it was awful yes so anyway we don't know when we should run the air we haven't ran it yet this year there'll um, probably be some days where we figure it yeah, out it's, it's not the heat as much as the humidity that needs yeah to be under control. right just the overall that's, like how much you're sweating that's yeah. sorry that's like a cliche iowa thing to say <laughs> well wouldn't be so bad if it wasn't for this damn humidity you know it's not even the heat yeah right um everyone out there is thinking i've said that yeah 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 that's like small talk yeah um i'm not sure what to say about that uh i just think that it's just another layer of um like with your mental toughness and just how you're gonna deal with the heat i mean there's some people who are just more susceptible to the heat and are like you know it, it can affect your performance a lot especially if you're not like used to it i mean i think most people will adapt and you know end up getting used to it or whatever but um i think, I think it really depends on the workout too yeah like yesterday so this is friday so yeah. yesterday's thursday the bike and running partner workout i yeah. think is an excellent workout to do in the heat and just embrace the suck and just do the best you can right you're uh, gonna be like a little bit slower yeah but... it's gonna yeah you know your performance is gonna dip but like just think of it as mental toughness training um you know we want people to stay safe so if you start feeling like an absolute you're gonna pass turd. out or something yeah like, like be smart yeah. but <laughs> then today's workout deadlifts and toes to bar is significantly impacted by slippery hands and such so i don't know if today's the best one to just like mentally tough and up yeah through. um i think too like your hands can be affected by the sweat and they the get humidity, wet and mm -hmm. then it it's more susceptible to tearing yeah like tearing and stuff like that so i don't know i think too like with this workout the overall volume is a lot more than people realize um you know you're telling them that it's 10 rounds and in your mind like 
well, I'm only going to have a minute. It's not going to accumulate to that much, but a toaster bar or a knee like raise rep is like super fast. Like you can get a lot of reps in a short amount of time. So the volume, I think really snuck up on people, especially with the fact that the deadlifts really didn't take that much time. Even when you did a set of 10, I mean, mm-hmm. you're still talking like 15, 15 to 20 seconds. So you yeah. have 40 seconds of toaster bar. Yeah. So I'm, I am wondering if maybe I should have pushed. So we're recording this in the afternoon. So like three classes have already been run and you know, sometimes you're not really sure until after you run a workout in a class and then you're like, Oh, maybe I should have pushed people to go a little heavier. So they had to break their sets up and take longer on the, on the, so, you know, get through the set of five or six unbroken and then your seven, eight, nine, ten, or like two quick sets takes maybe 30 seconds, reduces the toes to bar down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think coaches notes, what did they say? I think it said getting unbroken through six well, or so I had just, I wanted to wait that getting unbroken all the way through would be, would be challenging. I, I didn't, say you needed to be unbroken all the way through. Mm -hmm. I did say if you broke it up into two sets by the end, like that would be fine. Mm -hmm. Um, I just didn't want people. I just wanted people to realize they're doing 55 reps. So you didn't want to go too heavy. And on the ascending rep scheme too, you're doing, you know, you're doing 10, 19, you're doing 19 reps in your last two rounds. Right. So, I mean, you're coming up on half your last three rounds have more than half of your reps or more. Right at, if not more. Well, it's 55, so 19 would be a little less. No, no, three rounds, though. Oh, so okay. it would be eight, eight nine, rounds. and 10. So yeah. I yep. can't. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So you're, so you're over you're over half of your reps are in your last three rounds per, yeah, when you're so, tired. So it is hard to gauge that with, with the rep scheme and the fact that deadlift is a very – it's not a time-consuming movement. Right. You know what I mean? So the buy-in for it is almost negligible even throughout, like, all the rounds. So – yeah, I mean, maybe in hindsight, I should have pushed people to go a little bit heavier to where um, it took them a little bit longer by the last round, last two or three rounds to get through the deadlifts. And then maybe they were only down to where like they had less than 30 seconds to get reps instead mm-hmm. of, you know, still like 40 seconds, 45 right. seconds, you know. So, I mean, you just, you got more tired on the toast to bar. And I think a tip for but, that is don't just like don't, don't just do a big set. So like, let's say you're in your kind of in the middle of the workout time wise, you're around five or so you get done with those five deadlifts, which are like, we talked about pretty, pretty fast. Like Mm -hmm. five deadlifts is probably taken tops 15 seconds by the time you Mm -hmm. set up and everything that's leaving you 45 seconds of toes to bar. Like don't just do a max effort set of toes to bar and then try to get whatever you can the rest of the minute, be disciplined. I'd probably approach it in sets of fives. Yeah. It'd just be five break, five break, mm-hmm. five break. And then if I felt like I was starting to tear or like going to fail a rep, mm-hmm. I would still stick to my sets of five. I would just have a little bit longer, longer rest, rest or potentially drop down to fours or threes yeah. rather than doing, the first round. doing well, doing like, you know, doing my five deadlifts, having 45 seconds and I hit a set of, you know, 15 mm-hmm. come down and then, you know, it's just, it's, it's harder to manage when you, when you hit big sets of things. I like to think about the volume overall. And so for me, um, man, like approaching a hundred toes to bar would be a lot for me in a workout. And so I think I'll work backwards from there and chip away at the sets, you know, during, so I'll end up with more rest overall, but it's like a minute is a long time to do toes to bar. Like Mm -hmm. that's a lot of toes to bar in a minute. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because you're, you're, like I'm saying, you're essentially almost getting a full minute every round. Oh. Yeah. Oh, there's like a cobweb or something underneath there. Oh, we should shut the doors around here. Keep less clothes. What was that? Was that a spider? No, it caught on your hand and then you brought your hand up because you thought oh, it was, it was off and it was still there? attached to it. Yeah. 
Okay. So one thing I wanted to talk about today was Gabe put out a blog article this week. And I just want to give Gabe a shout out for some Shouts of out, Gabe. He is a good writer. And like, why did we not think of this sooner? I think he's literally written like three blogs. Gabe's wrote a lot. He has. That's true. But, but we didn't. It's like the... The consistency thing is what we're going for, yeah. right? It's the same thing with this podcast. Yeah. Is like, we're not about, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it weekly. We're not going to just randomly do it when we think it's, because you don't get, you don't, discuss. it's just like anything. You don't get good at it if yeah. you don't just do it. Just right. And now like Gabe's really hit his stride mm-hmm. because he knows every, every Wednesday there's a blog coming out and it's just like part of his, part of his job. And yeah. like, he's hitting a stride with it too. Yeah. I think it. I mean, we are kind of all about like the systems here, you know, trying to develop systems. And as we know, it does take time to kind of get that going. So sometimes, you know, even like with the podcast, like, well, we don't really maybe have the right equipment or maybe we don't even know like where we want to take the podcast or what it's going to be like. But if you don't just start doing it, then you're never going to be able to like, like, don't think that you have to start it. Look at all like perfect. Think of all like the kind of parallels that you're drawing between crossfit like what we tell people about like training mm-hmm. right like it's man just do the thing yeah and just do the best of just your ability and expect to not be great at it but expect to improve slightly every time you do it i mean you'll get better over time and be open to learning from the things you didn't do well right yeah definitely i think that that's a big thing i think that's a big thing now that was not in gabe's article however <laughs> a nice little side tangent is being able to not even take criticism from other people, but maybe people are just like questioning you like, Hey, why are you doing this this way? Or, Hey, do you think maybe doing it this way would be better? Like, I mean, do you get instantly defensive or can you at least be like, Hey, I'll take that into consideration. And then, you know, give yourself time to process it and really like, Hey, does this person actually, are they actually saying something that maybe I should consider doing? Mm -hmm. You know, I just think a lot of times people, just immediately, like if they're questioned or whatever, like just get immediately defensive and then it just breaks down your communication, you know, and you're not really able to get anywhere with that. But, um, mm-hmm. that's a life lessons one one right there. So, um, back to Gabe's article. So basically he was writing about like the culture in the gym, like culture versus community. Mm-hmm. And so he was basically saying like community is a very broad and general term is just a group of people that are, I mean, you could be a, like anything could be a community, right? Any group of people like at an event is like a community of people. Right. So yeah, it doesn't even have to be like-minded. It's just a group of people. Right. So we were trying to make the distinction that, um, well, it kind of all started when we realized that every single CrossFit gym has a community <laughs> likes to use their amazing community uh-huh. as like a selling point. Yeah. And it is true. Well, you know, it, it is true. It's awesome. But most people aren't looking for a community of people. Mm-hmm. Right. So we were kind of like thinking outside the box, like we don't want to advertise our awesome community mm-hmm. because the people who are looking at potentially checking out CrossFit aren't looking for that at all. I mean, normally they're looking to get in shape, learn how to lift. Yeah. You know, like so every now and then we'll have somebody who's like, I'm looking for, you know, accountability or, um, the team, the team atmosphere thing is kind of community. 
I think that comes from people who already have experience with that sort of thing. With some group training. Yeah. Yeah. So the whole idea was just like, we just saw that community was getting thrown around a ton. And, but it didn't really have a meaning to it. Or like, what does that mean? Okay. Your gym has a group of people. The community is amazing. I'm like, what does that mean? What makes it amazing? Because there's probably gyms who have a community, but that it's not amazing. Right. So we wanted to kind of start dissecting like, well, we do like our community here, but why, why do we like it? What are the things that people do that we feel make this, um, special? Mm -hmm. And I guess like we, you know, we kind of just highlighted a few, a few topics and that's kind of where Gabe got the idea to write this from. Right. So one of the things is that like team atmosphere, um, that's kind of the thing that he was referring to, to where like partnering up, helping new people, um, like the culture is basically like setting like expectations of behavior and how, you know, we expect like class to go and how we expect to people to behave when they're here and the culture is like people to ex- treat other people, you know, that sort of stuff. Right. So the community, or what would it be? Is the community like a byproduct of our culture? But at some point the cult, the community is what fostered the culture as well. So it, it goes well, just being in a group of people. Right. And then once you get in that group, like what kind of experience are you trying to give people? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So if you want them to have a good experience, what are the things that cause people to have a good experience? Right. And so like feeling like you're part of a group and being in that team atmosphere where everybody's kind of in the suffering together, that's like, that's kind of what we're going for. Right. For people to feel not only get a good workout when they come here, but like feel good about it. Right. You know, feel good, like personally, like mentally about how they're contributing. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it, I mean, it definitely feels you know, like the saying, I always remember hearing this when I was little and being like, that's dumb. I'm going to say a cliche. I, I don't know. I don't, I'm not good at like remembering exact cliches, but I can give you the idea of oh, it. Okay. Right. It's just like that basically like giving feels better than receiving. Oh yeah. Right. So like, I always remember, I guess like. It's always better to give than receive. Yeah. Right. And I remember like a kid around Christmas would be like, well, that's stupid. <laughs> yeah. When you're a kid, you don't really know. <laughs> yeah. But that's definitely something that I understand better now and probably will continue to understand more and more. Um, but yeah, like it feels good. Like it feels good to help other people, which I mean, I'm not even talking from like a coaching perspective, like that obviously feels good, but like, there's something about just, we're getting paid. (laughs) There's just like something about helping people through like a a hard spot. Like maybe, and that's as simple as like just a, a, a workout. Like they're, they're just, they're facing adversity and you're able to help them through that. It feels good. And it doesn't matter like what experience you have when you're here, whether you're a new person or you've been here for years, like you can still encourage someone else, Mm -hmm. you know, you can still help someone else clean their bar up. You can still, um, do, you can still help clean up, you know, you can still do things that like foster that team atmosphere and, um, just makes you feel like good overall. I think, I think really though, I kind of maybe the direction that I kind of wanted to go, which I mean, we can go in whatever direction, like it's kind of natural, but I was just thinking like another thing that we would like to have in our culture is a lot of like positivity. And I know one of the things Gabe brought up was like being careful sometimes of the things that you say out loud, like all of us kind of, 
have that like inner voice that can sometimes be beating ourselves up and like being negative. You know what I mean? But, um, I think a big part of the training that we do here is getting people out of that negative loop. And especially if you don't accept it when it's said out loud, right. You know, like, um, I can't remember the exact example he gave, but basically, you know, saying things like, I'm not going to be good at this, you know, stuff like that. That's just like, this isn't going to be fun. I mean, people definitely like, sometimes we know that the workout is going to be terrible and that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about being joking, like, oh man, this is going to suck or something like that. It's not that it's like that. Like, I'm not going to be good at this. So I'm not really going to try very hard like that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just knowing that there's a difference between, I think what, how Gabe explained it was you don't have to pretend like it's not going to be hard work. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But if you're giving yourself an out or you're just like setting your expectations lower, Mm -hmm. then that's an issue. And then especially if you're like voicing those out loud, it just brings down other people around you because then they might start thinking like, Oh man, like if, if they're saying they're not good at it, like I I'm not yeah, as good so as them. So it, like, now I think I'm like really worried. Gabe like touched on that too, mm-hmm. about how that might make like a new person who it's like their second day feel if they're like some like somebody who's saying these negative self, like they might not even realize that people, other people might look up to them. Right. Right. Yeah. So if somebody that you look up to is saying, dude, I suck at this. Like I'm, this isn't going to be good. Like I don't want to do this. And then like that immediately just starts changing that culture of like, well, that person who's kind of good at this thing that I kind of look up to, like, yeah, they don't want to be here. Like, well, I don't, yeah, it's kind of like cutting down on that whole like competition thing. Um, and not comparing yourself to others. I mean, that comparison is the thief of joy, right? If you want to like get into like cliches. And I think that the nature of what we do here, it being in a group and it being basically competitive, right? But you know, a lot of the things are scored, right? A lot of the things are scored for time, scored for reps, scored for weights and things like that. And so it just introduces this, like, these people are better than me. I'm not as good, like competition atmosphere. And, um, really what we're trying to do is build people up and get them better on their own timeline on Mm -hmm. their own journey, right? We're not really looking to compare. I mean, obviously I want to do cool shit. If there's people, I mean, that I look up to that I like, Hey, I want to be able to do that at some point or someday. That's not negative though. That's looking up to people and aspiring to being better is not being negative. A spot. What I'm talking about is, um, you just looking around and like feeling bad because you can't bench press as much as someone else. And it's just like, man, you are really doing yourself a disservice. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what the actual number is. What matters is, are you working hard? Are you trying to get better? And are you being consistent? You know what I mean? Right. So like branch off of that and just kind of like talk about fostering just a positive a positive atmosphere that lacks that like comparison, you know, like, would you not help someone else out because it might screw your time up? Right. Yeah. Uh, I have too many thoughts in my head to too many. To, yeah. I have too many. <laughs> Which direction do you want to go pick one and go with it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, so I know that I know another blog article that Gabe is going to be writing. It might be next week, honestly, is like talking about scoreboards. 
it, it kind of ties into the same thing. I think that's why we wanted to do like back to back weeks I'm on this stuff. It up a little bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it does is like, would you would you get a lower score? And I'm like quoting score. Yeah. Like to sacrifice. Would you sacrifice your time in a workout to give somebody else in the gym a better experience? And I think we talked about this the other day and it was like, what if you finished 15 seconds slower than you could have physiologically? Did you get any different of a workout? No, probably not. If you finished in 18 minutes versus 1730, but maybe you had to help someone because, or you had to wait on them. You had to wait on, you had to, yeah, let's say we were sharing bikes and you had to wait an extra 30 seconds for them to finish their round Mm -hmm. and by you being a team player and patiently waiting and maybe encouraging them while they're on the bike gave them the best hour of their day and Mm -hmm. they love you and look up to you and they think that you're an absolute badass now because you like help them out and And then you got a slower time and you get the same (laughs) you get the same workout physically the other aspect of that would be be pissed that you, the bike wasn't open for you mm-hmm. and then complain about how you would have been faster Had a better score. And like, yeah. I'm like, no means saying this is something that happened. I'm just using kind of two extremes here. And it's like, what one of those do you align yourself with more? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's great. Like that we're able to do the podcast and just, and, and outline the expectations for people. And the expectations are that you have a team player mentality because mm-hmm. We're all here together to get fit. Yeah. And it's, and like, it's like, you know, we do our, I do my best to program workouts that make sense for the size of classes we have with the equipment that we have. And if it is something that becomes more and more of an issue, I mean, I've never been, I don't think anyone thinks that I'm afraid to like buy some more bikes or something mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, it's just, I don't want to go out and buy f- 20 bikes. You know, it's, it's a slow yeah. grow. Like as, Ooh, as we, I have a good example. Okay. It's not as much like this anymore um because you have a pretty like high quality barbells like overall Mm -hmm. and all of our like pull-up bars are also very similar Mm -hmm. but do you remember like back in the day like things would be like more mismatched yeah and so there'd always be like bars that were definitely not as nice as Mm -hmm. like other bars or like you always had your like favorite pull-up bar and stuff like that yeah and just um you would get like so upset if like someone had your stuff and then you would like use that as an excuse. <laughs> your on why stuff. You like your stuff. Yeah, yeah. On why you wouldn't like on, on why you didn't perform as well. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that we don't really have that here, but um, it's definitely like that sort of stuff is like kind of what I'm like bringing up. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Um, I had a bit of a breakthrough, I think on Murph this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you had to share a pull-up bar. No, that was actually the plan. Oh, okay. Kind of push each other, hold each other. Yeah. You know, f- pass yeah, it back and you, forth. You guys did it. Um, Most of the time, sharing equipment actually is super fun it, if done it appropriately. Usually it usually more, pushes yeah. you more. Yeah. Um, no, I had a bit of a breakthrough on Murph this year. It was like going into it. I had zero like expectations or like I didn't give a shit about Mm -hmm. what my time was going to be. Um, and I think that was a little easier to do with Murph because of like the meaning behind Murph and like, like it just scores. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Just like the, the, the the time that I was going to shoot for, I didn't have a time I was going to shoot for. I don't know why I said that. Like there was no, like 
I wonder how fast I can do this or anything mm -hmm. like that. It was just like, I felt way more just, I'm just going to do the task at hand and mm -hmm. do this with all these people. Mm -hmm. And it was by far my most fun mm -hmm. Memorial Day Murph I've ever done in my life. It was a fun time. And like my highlight of it was physically pushing Ryan, which is mm -hmm. like, it's oh. funny too. Cause like Ryan's a friend and like, it's it, whatever <laughs> I'm comfortable with like physically pushing him around. But honestly, like he was, I mean, he wasn't struggling, but like he was slowing down and I made him run faster than he wanted to. Mm -hmm. And that was the cool, like that felt so cool because he yeah. was, he was moving way faster at uh, the end of that than he wanted to, or than he thought he could. And I did that to him and I was like, that was awesome. I'm going to yeah. go do that again. Yeah. And then I just circled out and did it to like <laughs> six or seven more people. Yeah. But, we, we have the, we have the pictures. Yes. <laughs> but that was like a big breakthrough. I think for me with like some of this mentality, it's yeah. like something I've been working on anyway, mm -hmm. but I didn't even know what my Murph time was. Mm -hmm. I only knew because of uh, Ryan posted hits. Mm -hmm. Um, just like changing the mindset of like, yeah. we're going to have more fun rather than like, yes. And it was oh way, my, gosh, is my time 30 seconds slower. It was whatever. way more fun. And mm -hmm. I've been trying to kind of apply that to some of like the class workouts mm -hmm. this last week. And then here, and yeah. now we're talking about how can everybody bring an element? Yeah. Of this. Because like, I mean, when you're looking at other people's scores, like, and maybe their score is less than what you thought it would be. Like you might be wondering what happened to them, but like, think about it in a more like, Oh, I wonder if they were struggling today. Like you give those people the benefit of the doubt and you have more compassion rather, rather than being like, Oh, they must not have put in effort today. Right. It's like, no, that's, that's not the type. I mean, you don't know what people have going on outside of the gym. So, um, I guess I just want people to be more like positive overall with that sort of thing. Yeah, for sure. Okay, we're going to take a little break. So I don't feel like we are, maybe we were in the past, but I feel like as of late, and maybe, maybe this is just my perspective, um, I don't feel like the whiteboard or the scoreboard or whatever, the leaderboard, whatever you want to call it, is as important as maybe it once was. Like Maybe that's just because I don't care about it as much anymore. Um, I just... I think there's probably people that have been here long enough that remember when I think actually, there's been a culture shift in there's, CrossFit there's, in general. There's been a culture shift in CrossFit in general. There's been a culture shift in our gym for, for sure. sure. And if I think back to like three years ago, there was a the scoreboard leaderboard has caused me more stress than it should have in the mm -hmm. past. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that I've like moved past that. Mm -hmm. And I don't want it to cause other people's stress. Yeah. So what we're and looking for, I'm not saying from an aspect of like me putting up times and that type of thing. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about like, uh, how it affected other people's training. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to do this cause then you want know to I mean mm -hmm. just gamifying things too much or whatever. So anyway, what were you going to say? Um, I, I, do really I was going to say, so we're one to one. Okay. I was going to say that the point of the scoreboard is to show a collection of people did a workout today. That's okay. Fair. And then it's also to track your progress mm -hmm. so that you have records of what you've done. And then you have records of what everyone else has done. And I'm definitely not saying that, um, like you wouldn't be able to approximate your performance expectations based on someone else. Right. Because like, 
you always have a few people in the gym who are very comparable to you as far as like fitness. You want to um, spin that in a positive light though. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, Oh yeah. Um, I would maybe look at like Sarah Sulzberger's score and I'd be like, Oh, she got eight rounds. So, um, and she did an RX. So I'm thinking if I scale like the weights, like maybe I could get eight rounds or then my expectation becomes like, okay, I'm going to shoot for seven. Like I look at it that way. I don't really think like, do you ever feel like that could sell you, sell you short? Um, maybe sometimes it depends on what the workout is. I'm actually very realistic with myself and I'm, I'm pretty good at knowing like what I'm, what I'm capable of. So I'm that way with myself as well. And I wonder sometimes if it sells me short. Sometimes it does probably sometimes. I don't always check. I'm just was giving an example of how you could check the leaderboard and it wouldn't be like a thing to where it's like a big deal. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're really not sure, like there could be a workout where you're just like, I guess I'm not sure like what I can expect for myself on this. And you could check out some other people that are comparable to you. I guess it would just be maybe what you're saying. If you sell yourself short, like um, maybe you were capable of doing more or maybe you did worse than you thought and now you're beating yourself up about it. And mm -hmm. it's just like, none of that stuff serves you at all. Mm -hmm. Like you just need to take away the data. Like that's it. You just need to take away like, Maybe I need to break up the sets more. Maybe I should have went 20 pounds lighter. And then just next time you, you just do it different. Mm -hmm. And then you just keep rolling with that and that consistency. And you collect data and data and data. And then over, over time, you get to know yourself you really get to know well. Yourself really well. And I think getting to know yourself and that experience probably does help a lot of people with that negative self-talk. Yeah. But, um, cause you, you learn what you're realistically, this is kind of bringing this forward, you learn what you're realistically capable of. Yeah. And I think that maybe like reduces some anxiety around the workout. Mm -hmm. um, when you realize what you're capable of and what would be like a good goal for you, mm -hmm. you probably compare less to others. Yeah, I think so. When you're like, this is what I'm capable of. And here's kind of my goal for this workout. Right. You're setting your own kind of internal goals that aren't based off of any other external factors. Right. And you're setting them in a way that is like, you have your mindset towards training. It isn't like a winning or a losing. It isn't like a good day or a bad day. Right. It's just a training day yeah. and you're going to get data from that training day. I mean, you have to like take it all into consideration about all kinds of things. I mean, are you more stressed in your life? Did you get worse sleep? Like all that stuff rolls into the performance and is completely independent of anyone else. Right because they may have had like a kick-ass week of nutrition and sleep and they're at the top of their game. Mm -hmm. So you don't necessarily know that though. And right. so that's why I'm talking about like the scoreboard isn't really there for you to compare or like see yourself in a certain order or something like that. Yeah, um, I've been playing around, you know, we've been doing a few, probably two a week workouts that aren't scored. Mm -hmm. um, and I think you'll probably see that trend stay, if not mm -hmm. add a few more per week because and maybe, maybe the article that Gabe's working on will give some more direction and then we can do like a podcast about that as well. We mm -hmm. can touch on it a little bit now and Gabe can take our ideas to write his article. Gabe. <laughs> um, but sometimes you can gain workouts to where you don't get as good of a workout and you're not able to prog pro um, progress mm -hmm. as much as you could have or got as much out of that training session because you were doing the things that you wanted to do to get the fastest score. Or you're or overthinking best. it like a lot. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you think about something the other day where we did like the heavy sled pushes and farmer's holds and that type of thing. Like, right. because it wasn't scored, it allowed me to go around and physically just be like, hey, you're going to do this weight. You're going to try to hold this for 30 seconds and mm -hmm. push people out of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. 
and people were more open to it. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, what's the worst that's gonna happen if you don't like? I'm like, hey, to you know, a couple ladies, like, have you ever picked up these seventy pound kettlebells? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh my god, no. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, you're you're gonna you're going to, yeah. Because I think you're capable of doing this, yeah. And I think they were more accepting to trying it because if they failed, there's no there's score. no score to like knock them down. But they did it, and yeah. now guess what? They have data, yeah. Of, hey, that's something I can do. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, people carried heavier sandbags that day. I mean, because there was no consequence. You don't have to put yourself. Like, it was an emoji. Was the score right or other now things? We have a contest <laughs> yeah. the That's the score of the day. Who did the best emoji? That's what I'm talking about. So you I think can it, tell a story. With I think their people. I think people grew more on that workout that didn't have a score because they tried new things. They weren't afraid to fail because mm-hmm. failing had less consequences. Yeah, I definitely agree that it should definitely be mixed up. There should be times where you're going for time and you should really be trying to get the best time you could get. There's times where there's more room for error, more room for experimenting because that's what training is. So that's what I was just going to say is what, what sparked me to say all this is when you said it's a training day. Yeah. I was like, that's right. Is a training day, mm-hmm. right? It would be like going to a practice like a sport like your kids sports practice oh and, don't bring that up oh okay so, so, so <laughs> uh sore subject there um but being like hey i don't want you to try this new technique because it wouldn't allow you to uh win today's track workout or yeah. like today's track practice right can't win practice yeah right we talking about practice yeah practice <laughs> we talking about practice sorry that's an just a nod to Alan Iverson. Yeah. I was like looking at you and I'm like, what? Shan's never seen the Alan Iverson practice video. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people out there will get it. <laughs> Some people like, mm, who? <laughs> it's not really relevant though, because he's talking oh, okay. about how he doesn't need to go to practice. Oh, okay. That's all we do is practice. <laughs> right. So, I mean, there's occasionally we do like the test weeks and a retest and, um, even retesting a workout though isn't really a test. I mean, it's just to see if you've made progress or maybe you've just tested a different style of, you know, going unbroken, not going unbroken, lighter, heavier, and you've just tried a different strategy. I am pretty good about like when it is a test workout, I'm pretty good at nailing it the first time. Mm -hmm. Like I, I, I'm pretty good at that. So then usually I really dread the second time because Mm -hmm. The only way for the only way for me to improve is to essentially to hurt more to just pick something that I don't think I'm going to be capable of doing it, yeah, and then see if I can do it. Yeah, like I remember one of our last like we've been off of this like we we went through like several of those seven week test cycles, yeah, um, which you know we'll we'll come back to some of that test retest stuff after this little bit longer strength program, yeah. Uh, But I remember like just here's like three test workouts one week, and I just was like, yep, nailed those, nailed those. (laughs) Uh, and then when they circled back around to retest, I was just like, uh, I like kind of did the math of what I had to do to beat my score. Yeah. And then like, I started out at that pace and I was like, I don't know if this is doable. And I think out of the three, I think two, I was right. They it was not doable. And then one, one I surprised myself on and I was just like, Hey, so I found a new, I found a new pace that I can hold. I was thinking there was that one, um, was that the one where I had like the dumbbell step overs in it or something like that? It was one of those like grueling. Workouts, I thought you did better at that one. Was that was that the one I'm thinking of? You know what the workout was? Oh, I don't remember. I was just thinking that that was the one that 
had the most room for improvement for you because sometimes you're just not sure how that stuff's going to feel the first time, you know, and then when you retest it, you told me the workout. All right, cool. I don't know. I don't actually have your workouts memorized. No. So well, you probably have, you probably, I, just, your scores. I don't remember what the last test cycle it's was. Just, obviously, I mean, we work out in the same classes a lot and talk to each other almost every day. So I do have kind of a good idea of some of your stuff. But I only ask because if it's the one, there is a really grueling step over workout. That's the one I was thinking of. It was that But I don't one. think we've retested it yet, oh, okay. but we are retesting it next Friday, Friday, Friday. It's uh, called Stevie Kicks. Oh. Kicks, kicks. Yeah. It is 100 box step overs. We've never retested that? I don't think so. I think we've one and done it. What? I swear to God, we've done that again. Maybe we did something similar. Yeah. I'm not Wait, sure. 20, yeah, next Friday. Yeah, but I think that is one where you can make a big improvement on. So that's one where I'm going to compare myself to someone else because oh. Sarah absolutely destroyed it. She did. And she was super like, I'm going to do sets of 20 mm -hmm. and that's what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And like, she just made it happen. Yeah. Where now I've seen that and I'm like, yeah. okay, that's a thing that is doable. doable. And she, you know, she's probably a little better at the step over than me, but it's like, Hey, that's like, that's a good strategy. And I'm going to attempt that. Well, Sarah, I mean, she will say this too. The height of her, the length of her legs and the height of the box is a, a little bit of an advantage. A little bit, but she just, but like, she, it's what she's good at. She, she, just, hang on she just hangs on and goes. Two yeah. dumbbells. I mean, she improved, uh, her time by quite a bit on the, um, the holds, what was that one? Where you hold the dumbbells? What did you have a name for that? Grips Ahoy. So how does she improve? Oh, does she only do it once? We've only, I mean, we made that up like a month ago and did a vlog. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Peyton then. Peyton improved. Yes. Because Peyton. she knew what it was going to feel like. Peyton, yeah, we did it for the vlog and then yeah. Peyton, Peyton was like weirdly excited to do it again. Yeah. Peyton hates farmer's carries, but she's like, <laughs> I'm excited. But yeah, that's, that's a good one where you know how it's going to feel. But, and so you're like, I can probably hang on to it a little bit longer or something mm -hmm, like that. Exactly, yeah. So yeah. maybe I'm thinking of that, but, um, I guess I'm just thinking of like in general, like, uh, those type of muscular overload type workouts, you know, where it's like just holding on to something. Sometimes once you've done it once and felt it once and seen it once, it does, th those are easier in my opinion to like improve on. I think like on a kind of our spectrum of like conditioning gas muscular overload mm -hmm. conditioning is typically the hardest to improve on mm -hmm. because you go as hard as you can you, right? you yeah there's nothing really stopping you yeah. and chances are across seven weeks you can make some physical i mean for experience like longer term members they're not going to see major advancements in their conditioning yeah. in yeah. seven weeks like you can definitely improve yeah um but when you go to like gas this is kind of on a spectrum yeah like so then the gas you can there's like some strategy with when mm -hmm. when you break because if it's a gassy workout you're probably breaking things mm -hmm. um so there's yeah. like some strategy and mm -hmm. some fitness to be gained and when you get to muscular overload a lot of it is yes you can get stronger but a lot of it's strategy mm -hmm. a lot of it's like strategy and mental toughness yeah and just pushing through that hurt well, a I little bit more like was i actually near failure yeah or did i just or Stop. was it just burning? it hurt yeah, yeah exactly. mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's why I think we see a lot of improvement on muscular overload style workouts because people yeah. aren't afraid the second time. Yeah, I think with muscular overload too, I actually had someone tell me the other day that it's their favorite style of workout. And it doesn't hurt as bad. Oh, but if they hurt, but it's different. It's different. Like, 
Gas is definitely the worst, right? Worst. Because like you're literally. And if you gassing, disagree, you're not doing it. You're right. not doing it, yeah. Like, yeah. and I, but man, it's really hard to uh, screw it up recently with that sled push because it, it's almost does it to you. You almost get that gas feeling no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Like, is there a way to push the sled and just be like, "Oh, that was fine." It's tough. Yeah. I mean, really slow and really light. But well, I mean, the lighter it is, the faster you go. Right. So And then it just still gets you anyways. Yeah. So if you're somebody who's like, gassy workouts aren't hard. Yeah. Think, you're not, think, you're, you've think, never done one. Think about, the, <laughs> think about the sled, and then that's how you should be feeling for every gassy workout. Yeah. Yeah. Every time you do heavy dumbbell thrusters and stuff like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yep. Yeah, I think that the sled and those this block I think is really good because it introduces people to some feelings that maybe they wouldn't get mm -hmm. another way, like some stimulus they wouldn't it's be just, able to get. It, the sled's just hard to mess up, which is why I bought them. They're, it's it's easy to get the gassy feel, and it's yeah. super efficient, effective, mm -hmm. and easy to yeah, do. Yeah, because with weights, you know, like the barbell and the dumbbell, I mean, you can be limited by Technique, your, mm -hmm. the way you hold the bar. Like maybe your front rack is non-existent. So yeah. you can't actually load the thruster to the weight that you need to, to get that feel. And it's like, and, we'll mm -hmm. continue to work on that yeah. and get better at it. But I think even the sandbag too, because the sandbag, you have to be able to pick it up. And yeah. so I think that technique and just the fear of like, just not knowing how to pick up something heavy, um, limits you. There's confidence. The you have to have some confidence to, to be able to bring intensity to something. Mm -hmm. There needs to be confidence Yeah, and it doesn't take too many times pushing the sled to be like, okay, I'm confident that I can do this. Yeah. Maybe you're, maybe we need to work on the mental game of being able to bring intensity on it, but like yeah. you're, you're pushing the sled. Yeah. And I mean, so I just think that the sleds have been awesome to, um, to get people that gas stimulus that maybe otherwise wouldn't really get it. And now they kind of like, now know, now what we're, yeah, like what we're looking for, like from that. Okay, I have a couple questions for you. Uh, okay. All right. One. What do you think of my crop top? So I love the crop top. <laughs> you love my crop top? Yeah. Oh, yes. I do. It's, I'm not I joking. Mean, your shirt is disgusting right now. <laughs> <but> <laughs> I used it as a sweat rag during it's my workout. It's pretty and much covered in fat and chalk. It's gross. Totally um, disgusting. Hey, guys out there. Crop your shirts because it is way cooler. Okay. Like air flows up and yeah. it's money. I was I so it. jealous the other day because so I wore a crop top on Tuesday, I think when I coached and I was like, oh my gosh, this feels amazing. And then Wednesday I wore like a regular shirt and it was so hot that I just had it rolled up. Like so what time. I've noticed is and like, you had the crop on and I was so jealous. When it's long and it goes down and like kind of hugs your yeah. sides, it holds heat yes. in like crazy. I'm blown away by the feeling that I've had. So I totally get it. And we are going to bring these suckers back. Like guys, you should not be ashamed to wear. So, and then that's a modest crop top. Like we're not like going crazy here. You just cut it so that it's just nice and even yep. with your pants. You don't, yep. yeah, it, oh, it's so great. Um, so. Peyton's going to hate you. I know. You're encouraging. You, um, <laughs> you don't have to, like, you don't have to care what I think. I know. I love it. You, it's. You do kind of, I mean, I guess you kind of have to care what Peyton thinks to, to a degree. I do. And. She talked me out of wearing one to Walmart of all places the other day. Oh, I thought it was a Menards. It was Walmart. Oh. I think I would have been fine at Walmart, but I was wearing Burks and socks as well. I'm basically taking over Peyton's wardrobe. 
she introduced me to Burks and socks and she's like, I told you. And she was totally on board with that. Yeah. But now that I'm going crop top, she doesn't like the combo. She doesn't choose one or the other. She doesn't like the hat on. Well, she likes she likes all these things. Well, I don't know if she likes crop top. Individually, she likes yeah. some of the things, but I think together it was a bit much. It was too much. Was yeah, too much. okay. So that was my first question. So okay, so that was your first question. Yep. I just want to say really quick, I've seen a lot of men at the CrossFit games with wow. crop tops and mullets. I don't think Peyton will allow you to have a mullet though. I think she might draw the line. I, I'm good. That, that's like a. You don't like the mullet. Well, I think it's cool for a, a teenage boy. Oh, okay. Like a, all the all the all the young boys have it these days. All right. What's question number two? Uh, okay. Well, that was fine. Now we're gonna I guess, flip it back. Oh, now we have a serious question. Yeah, maybe we should go in the order. Um, <laughs> okay. Can we talk about people who don't like partner workouts? Workouts. Oh. oh. Okay. <laughs> Can we talk about people who don't like partner workouts? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's something that we hear sometimes. Like, why are we doing so many partner workouts? Um, I don't love partner workouts. Most Maybe of the we time, could just discuss it a little bit. I mean, I think I know the reason most of the time. I'm gonna say most of the time it's because people are worried about how their partner is going to judge them or how they're gonna hold back their partner. Mm-hmm. I think it's they worry about so. their it's anxiety over their own performance with yeah. having a partner. Um, I would say that's the biggest reason. I think a lot of times it comes out the other way mm-hmm. because we tend to want to be protective of our feelings mm-hmm. and we don't want to say like What do you mean it comes out the other way? It comes out as sometimes hostility oh, right. or sometimes like just, you know, in a negative way. Yeah. Like, you know that sort of I think stuff. we like, should I don't need a partner I can just I don't I can just like do the workout or whatever I think we should peel it back a little bit like what what's going on like what's going on to where you I think I guess what I'm trying to say is I think it's an opportunity to maybe grow yeah so having a partner holds you accountable and sometimes maybe you don't go as hard as you can sometimes maybe you don't exactly count all your reps sometimes that sort of stuff happens when you have a partner you they're gonna know that you're doing that you know and so um i think that sometimes people want to hide Mm -hmm. and so partner stuff kind of doesn't allow you to do that it depends on the style of the workout sometimes Mm -hmm. you still can you know it just depends on what it is yeah so it's just something i was kind of thinking about this morning i didn't want to be peyton's partner on saturday yeah last saturday i don't think tyler wanted to be my partner he did not we should have been partners i am Super thankful that he was my partner, though. Like that was it was because he kept you in check a little bit, or like it. I don't know. Like it was just a really good time. Yeah. Like, yeah, it sucked. Like yeah. we were both in a lot of pain. Are you guys? Are, are you quite as mismatched as me and Peyton? I don't know. No, I don't she's think so. a she's a little stronger than me, and so being so able to do the thing is, Tyler's stronger than me, but that one is just long enough that the conditioning, Get like Tyler doesn't. To him. Like he's probably a little better at gassy work. They're short. He's better at gassy workouts, but yeah, yeah he gets ga- he gets he gets that gas feeling, and then he really he really tapers off. Yeah, um, ninety five was just a little bit heavy for me to realistically think I was going to be able to get a hundred reps. <laughs> no, it it was. I thought it was like, like we didn't miss a set of burpees. Um, the burpees sucked, but like it, oh, I thought it was really good. I was really proud of myself though. I think we both hurt the same throughout the entire thing. I think it was very similar. Okay. I did. I was able to stick with her for literally 25 minutes. Pretty good. There was a couple times I stepped over the bar and then I was mad at myself for doing that. Cause I'm like, I could have just jumped that one Mm -hmm. time, 
but it is crazy how that just one step recovers you a little bit. Mm -hmm. Really? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we got to, we got to. I stepped over like three times the whole workout and I was like, why? Why did I do that? We got to like rep 130. Yes, and I really, I, I had a couple of times where I was like, I don't know about this. That 25 I, minute mark after that was really I, tough. At one point I was like, I think I just like, maybe I just thought this, maybe I said yeah. it to him. I just like, we just got to get to the, like, I was like, we got to get to the, we, to where we can see the light. Like we get over that 150, that 155, mm -hmm. we get to like that 160 and you realize like you're more than three quarters. It, it, you see it. But. I let Peyton dictate it just because she was doing more work than me. And I just was like, when are you tired? Like, when are you done? Like, when are you going to throw on the towel? Because I can literally probably do two reps every round. It, I, so I thought it in my head and I'm assuming Tyler probably thought it in his head too. Maybe he didn't, but like, we never, we never verbalized it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was huge because I think if I would have at 140 been like, dude, I don't think I can do this. I think, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he'll be like, dude, I was good. Yeah. But I think we probably would have just been done. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. Just, I'm super glad I didn't say anything. Yeah. Like, you guys are way closer than us. So yeah, definitely. So anyway, back to like the partner thing. Oh, like, yeah. I well, did. I mean, we've all had, I guess my point with saying that was we've all had days where we've been reluctant to be someone's partner because maybe we aren't feeling the best that day. Or maybe that, that person is a little above our pay grade. You know, pain's a little above my pay grade on certain workouts. One where it's thrusters at 95 pounds, like 100%, she's above me. And so it just is like, I know that I'm not going to be able to rise to the occasion to like meet up with her on that. And so sometimes if it's a little bit of a mismatch, I mean, I can definitely see it. I wonder, I wonder as we go on and we continue to like develop this like team atmosphere culture, mm -hmm. if it'll be easier to partner up because you like, you just will start knowing that that person doesn't have like expectations for you mm -hmm. like it'll take a it'll take a while to like change that culture i think mm -hmm. but like once you truly know like hey this person is going to partner up with me and they care about my workout and i care about their workout yeah. i think that's like it'll take some work to get there and get like everybody kind of i think it's an opportunity to like build yourself up and take mm -hmm. your mindset to the next level yeah and get over the anxiety of like, I'm going to be the weak link right. and that type of thing. And I think it will, I think it'll truly take like the community at large to make that happen. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, sometimes in class, you're not able to partner with someone who's comparable to you. You know what I've never seen? I've never seen somebody yell at their partner being like, you should be more fit so I can get a better workout. Like that's never happened. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of times people make it in their head to be like, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. This person's going to yell at me. Mm -hmm. yeah, so I don't know. I just thought it might be an interesting topic or at least something that people can start like kind of like thinking in their head, like, hey, why don't I like partner workouts? Mm -hmm. And yeah. if the answer is like, well, I just like to work out like by myself. What then... if I just don't like being your partner? Me? Yeah. What do I do to you? You've been my partner. Yeah, I had to be your partner a few Sundays ago. Really? And I didn't get any rest and I was dying and you were yelling at me. That was two and a half months ago. Okay. Yeah. A few Sundays. I ago. have PTSD. I'm just kidding. I don't. But was it, was there something wrong? Did I do something to you? Yeah, you yelled at me. Did I? And you had to wait on. So me. the thing that I just said doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Happen. You did it to me. What did I say? You yelled at me to keep going all the time, and I really wanted to. Take Hold on. Place. I think we're uncovering something here. Did I yell at you, or did I encourage you? Well, sometimes it can be confused as huh. being yelled at or being encouraged. 
do you feel like you pushed a little harder? I I pushed as hard as I could on that. Like yeah. I was doing what I was going to do, and you were wanting me to do things that I was not capable of doing. And so then, <laughs> then I, 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 you I took that as you just yelling at me and telling me that I suck. Wow. Okay. Well, I think I think I think we need to have a discussion. Not I'm just, just kidding. Us. I'm just kidding about part of that. I. I'm not kidding about not liking to be your partner, but I am kidding about feeling like you were mean to me. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe us coaches need to continue to hammer out how we can be better at like the partner situation then. Cause it's like, if you know, like I get what you're saying. It's like, you're like, you don't want to be my partner. There's something there. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it's like, if you're feeling that, then like there are times when members are like, Hey, I don't want to be partnered with somebody. Yeah. So what I'm saying is I think you have an opportunity for growth. Um, I will admit that. <laughs> right. And I think that maybe is all it takes, right? It's just being like, yeah, I think that's, I think that's all, all we need to do. I'll admit right? that it's just the style of the, of that particular workout didn't give a break on the calories to women. And so you were always able to get your calories mm-hmm. the same time it took me to do my work. Yeah. But so, when you were getting the calories, I was not done. So I kept having to like keep, I never got a rest and that started to get to me like after a while. So you got a good workout and a memory. Yeah. Sounds like a deal to me. Yeah. But some partner workouts don't matter as much on, um, like if you're having to wait for someone, but I know what you're saying. You're saying that you should be okay with having to wait for someone. And if you're waiting for someone, it's more likely that they're struggling and they're feeling super anxious about the fact that you're waiting on them. And so it can make a big impact to that person to let them know that you just want them to do well yes. and that you're not necessarily worried about whether you're going to get right back to work right away. Yeah. Because you know in the end, whether well, you wait 30 seconds I think or that 40 was, seconds. Yeah, that was a long AMRAP that we did. I got a just fine workout. I moved for 90% of the time mm-hmm. at a nice sustainable pace. I was yeah. sweaty. I got a good workout. Um, well, I, I do remember that. I do remember that workout too because I had doubles press, mm-hmm. and I'm not. That's a, not a strong movement for me, you know. In general, mm-hmm. I get very mentally bogged down with how many pieces you have to do. It's so slow, mm-hmm. and you can't speed it, it up. It's high volume too. And then you were like waiting on me, and I can't. I'm like, like you can't go any faster. Yeah. Yeah, I think you did though. I think it's you... just like a slow thing to do, like the. The yeah. devil's breath. No, but okay, back to your last point. I think that was super important is like, yes, if you're the partner who is waiting on somebody, like show them that you just want them to do well and that you're not mad that they're going slow. Mm-hmm. Like show them that you're happy that they're staying moving and they're pushing themselves probably out of their comfort zone. Yeah. And just, you know, acknowledging that that other person is probably feeling anxious about yeah. it. And I think that will return back to you in some capacity. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. So uh, be people's partner. Um, be encouraging. Think about getting everybody fit and not just yourself. I you think know? that's I think that's kind of what I'm going for, right? It's like mm-hmm. that rising tide lifting mm-hmm. all the all the crossfitters. I think is how the saying goes. A rising tide lift, yeah. raises all crossfitters. Yeah, and um, we've definitely had people that are new here say how like awesome it is that people who are more experienced and have been here longer, like encourage them and work with them and talk to them. Like mm-hmm. it really does make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag. Do you have more you want to talk about? No, I think that's it. Hashtag no clicks. Okay. So are we just going to end the podcast on that? Yes. Okay. Sounds good. All right guys. See you in the gym. Bye-bye.